from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the WIA News for week commencing August 20, 2017. Australian Senate rejects bill to restore ABC shortwave. Australia's Senate has rejected proposed legislation to restore the international radio service of this country's public broadcaster. The bill would have required the ABC to restore its shortwave transmission services, which the broadcaster ended in January this year. Submitters of the bill questioned the ABC's assertions that very few listeners accessed Radio Australia's shortwave service. Concerns of the submitters included perceived neglect of remote communities in the Pacific and the loss of capacity for emergency warning broadcasts. And speaking of emergency warning broadcasts, times are tense on Guam right now, and they got a lot more tense just after midnight local time on Tuesday when a pair of radio stations on the island conducted an unscheduled test of the emergency alert broadcast system, triggering a temporary ripple of panic throughout the Pacific US Territory. Guam Homeland Security Office of Civil Defence said the stations, KTWG and KSTO, had simply made a mistake. The unauthorised test was not connected to any emergency, threat or warning, the agency said, in a statement posted to its Facebook page. On the highway to hell. In Rio, the penalty for speeding is having to listen to the worst radio on earth. Radio Today said that those in Rio call it the sound penalty. It takes listeners from paradise to inferno in an instant. If the app on your phone detects you going over the speed limit, it switches from the smooth sound of Rio de Janeiro's Paradise FM to the government hour, which for most Brazilians is pure inferno, the Portuguese word for hell. Ham and radio for breakfast. ABC 97.3 FM Illawarra breakfast program recently heard about amateur radio. The audience spread across Wollongong, Shoalhaven and Sydney. ABC presenter Melinda James interviewed the Illawarra Amateur Radio Society Secretary, Keith VK2KQB, and its Vice President, Rob VK2MT. Pre-recorded in the Keith VK2KQB shack, it covered many diverse activities of radio amateurs and included a 20-metre band contact. You are listening to VK1WIA and the broadcast of news and information. At 10.30am and 8pm each Sunday, it is carried by the VK3BWI network through VK3RMM, Mount Macedon, VK3RML, Mount Dandenong, and VK3RMU on Mount St. Leonard. Check it out. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. In WIA News this week, we'll be hearing from Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, and Director Phil Waite, VK2ASD. Reviews of the Foundation Licence here in Australia, the UK and the USA Technician Licence include proposals and talk that some digital modes should be included. WIA Secretary Jim Linton, VK3PC, told us while past entry-level or beginner licences have initially given a taste of amateur radio, technology has moved on in the past decade and beginner licences are no longer reflective of current practice or society generally. Of course, the incentive to upgrade to a higher level with more operating power, bands and privileges must be retained. Differences between entry, middle and advanced licences exist. The Radio Society of Great Britain is looking at the syllabus of its foundation licence, while the ARRL is considering adding some digital modes to the technician licence, among other changes. 
The WIA is preparing an updated submission for its regulator, reviewing the current and outdated regulations that cover amateur radio licensing based on responses to recent online consultations via the WIA website. And let's face it, the majority of people aged over 15 years already use a smartphone and communicate digitally in voice, text and vision. For amateur radio to be attractive to experimenters and to future generations, it needs to seriously look at increasing, embracing or catching up with the digital age. However, a degree of relativity between each level of licence will need to be maintained and this may mean some improvement while still meeting international standards. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD WIA Director. My introduction to amateur radio was pretty typical. I started listening to shortwave as a youngster and had often heard a heavily distorted voice which sounded like it was very close by. It turned out to be Muriel Eagles, VK2AIA, and although quite elderly at the time, she was a very avid DXer. So, I knocked on her door and very quickly found myself sitting in front of a Swan 350 with a microphone thrust into my hand. I froze. But that chance introduction to amateur radio lit the spark for a lifelong hobby and a career in electronics and telecommunications. It's a story that I hear repeated many times over. In the early 1960s, the shortwave spectrum was dominated by the constant pounding of Cold War propaganda from Radio Peking, Radio Moscow and The Voice of America. I wrote to them all. One day the postman would deliver a package from Moscow, the next day from Washington. He must have been very confused. The radio spectrum was mainly for broadcasters, teletype and two-way radios. There were only a couple of satellites, no cell phones and only three television channels in Sydney. Spectrum seemed like an inexhaustible resource. The contrast today is vast. The pressure on Spectrum from areas such as entertainment, broadcasting and telecommunications is enormous, and the impending introduction of 5G services and the Internet of Things is taking it all to the next level. The aim of 5G is to create a more hyper-connected society where, in the words of the ACMA's five-year spectrum outlook, any time, anywhere, anyone and anything will be connected. 5G is expected to support significantly faster mobile broadband speeds and increasingly extensive mobile data usage, as well as the full potential of the Internet of Things. From virtual reality and autonomous cars to the industrial internet and smart cities, 5G will be at the heart of future communications. The rules for 5G are still being developed, but it is expected the total spectrum required for 5G will be vast. The Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, has recently agreed plans to make 3.85 gigahertz of licensed spectrum available for 5G services. In Australia, the ACMA is looking at options for making spectrum available at 1.5 gigs, 2 gigs, 3.6 gigs and above 24 gigs. All this was unimaginable, of course, in 1960, but perhaps Dick Tracy's watch should have given us a hint. The pace of technology and the regulatory change necessary to control it is simply enormous. In the first three weeks of this month alone, the WIA lodged two major submissions to government and the ACMA on behalf of Australian radio amateurs. The first, 
on the draft radio communications legislation and the second responding to the ACMA's option paper on the future approach to the 3.6 gig band which would see another 25 megs carved off the 9 centimetre amateur band. These submissions were the work of a number of experienced volunteers in the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee. The ACMA also announced this month that it will be undertaking a review of the current interference management principles, under which it investigates complaints of interference to radio communication services. The ACMA has asked stakeholders to comment, and the WIA is seeking comments from the amateur radio community on the ACMA's proposed principles. But again, time is short. Please refer to the news item on the WIA website for more information. And please lodge any comments as soon as possible. Yes, it's a very different world now. Australian radio amateurs have right of access, primary and secondary, to the second largest slice of spectrum, only beaten by defence. But our bands, above 400 megahertz, are now under severe pressure, and there will be some compromises necessary. The Spectrum Strategy Committee is working hard to achieve the best outcome for Australian radio amateurs. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD, for the WIA. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the Spectrum Strategy Committee. There are no amateurs alive today who witnessed the making of the Wireless Telegraphy Act 1912, which introduced licensing for those who wished to use the Spectrum for communications over a distance without wires connecting them. However, there are many amateurs on air today who, having obtained a licence under that 1912 Act, yours truly included, witnessed the making of the Radio Communications Act 1992, which introduced three new concepts in licensing, spectrum licensing, class licensing and apparatus licensing. Now, in 2017, every licensed radio amateur, clutching that hard-won apparatus licence, is able to witness the making of a new Radio Communications Act, which will introduce a single licensing system, parameters-based licensing. There is an old saying generally attributed to the 19th century Chancellor of Germany, Otto von Bismarck, which goes, quote, To retain respect for sausages and laws, one must not watch them in the making. End quote. For almost two decades, my job as a public servant has involved watching laws in the making, up close and personal. I had never thought about it in terms of my diet until now, but these days I rarely eat sausages. In a past career as a journalist editing a manufacturing industry publication, I once went on a tour of a meat processing factory. Yep, among other things, making sausages. My interest was in the production technology, not the product. Reflecting on it now, perhaps Bismarck was right, or whoever made the original observation. The Radio Communications Bill 2017, the draft legislation for public comment, was published in late May on the eve of the WIA AGM in Harndorf, South Australia, a location famed for its wine, food and gourmet sausages. The WIA's Spectrum Strategy Committee members wasted no time in downloading the exposure draft of the bill and the 20 related papers setting out details on key aspects of the bill. Discussions that ensued between committee members drew out the many key points and issues that would need to be addressed in the WIA's response. The structure of the response was devised by the WIA's Regulatory Council, 
Peter Young, VK3MV, now retired after more than 20 years with the ACMA. Thank heavens he works on the Spectrum Strategy Committee. With more than 20 parts and running to over 200 pages, a comprehensive response to the bill was never going to be covered by a short, sharp series of dot points. Guided by Peter's wise counsel, the WIA's submission had many authors and editors. It was shaped by consideration of the audience it had to reach, senior officers in the Department of Communications and the Arts, who would likely have little or no knowledge of the amateur service, or amateur radio as a hobby, let alone the WIA or its history dating back to the time before the Wireless Telegraphy Act 1912. Content for use in the submission was drawn from a wide array of sources, including material used in past submissions to the Government's Spectrum Review Program since it was launched in 2014. The material was reviewed, revised and rewritten as necessary, or discarded for new material written from scratch. The process for developing and producing the WIA submission is very similar to that involved in my day job. A team of producers, reviewers and editors devise, review and revise a document until agreement is reached. There's nothing cursory about it. That's how the professionals do it. It works for them, it works for the WIA. I shall end with a quote from a textbook on the workings of government. With reference to the laws, a knowledge of how they are made may increase our respect for them and their makers. And if it does not, we are at least able to express our dissatisfaction in an intelligent manner. This is Roger Harrison, VK20H, for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. IARU promotes amateur radio to administrators. At selected opportunities, the International Amateur Radio Union, IARU, working with local member societies, raises awareness and understanding of amateur radio. It has raised awareness with stakeholders in telecommunications and shows the flag at each International Telecommunication Union, ITU, World Radio Communications Conference. The latest IARU promotion was on August 7 to 9, 2017 at the Mexico City World Trade Center, where it held a very successful amateur radio administration course. The IARU Region 2, together with the American Radio Relay League and the Federation Mexicana de Radio Experimentadores, FMRE, delivered the course for a second time. The course was for public servants from Mexico, Colombia, Costa Rica and Honduras. Those taking part are in charge of administering the amateur radio and amateur radio satellite services and responsible for communications and spectrum regulation. The course included the legal framework for amateur radio in the ITU, our spectrum, reciprocal licenses, emergency communications, the IARU and its member societies. There were also presentations to explain how we operate including de-expeditions, contests, digital communications and moon bounce. The event ended with a visit to a radio station where participants could better understand everything they learned and had the opportunity to make some contacts. Still with the IARU and the Region 1 Monitoring System newsletter, reports Radio Eritrea and Radio Ethiopia are still operating in the 40 metre band on 7150 and 7175 kilohertz. 
Making it easy here in VK to report intrusions, the WIA IARU Monitoring System Intruder Report Form is to be used to report intrusions into exclusive HF amateur bands by non-amateur stations. You'll find it at wia.org.au in the members area. BBC to switch off AM local radio transmitters. It has been reported the BBC will be closing a number of AM local radio stations from January 2018. A516 Digital reports, following a number of trials over the last few years, the BBC has confirmed that from January 2018, medium wave transmissions of a number of BBC local radio stations will either cease or be reduced. The plans will result in BBC Radio Sussex, Surrey, Humberside, Wiltshire, Nottingham, Kent and Lincolnshire no longer being broadcast on medium wave and reduced medium wave coverage for BBC Devon, Lancashire and Essex. The reduction of medium wave services was first considered as part of the BBC's 2011 Delivering Quality First program. Trial switch-offs in subsequent years provided the BBC the chance to find out how many listeners were listening on AM. Most switch-offs took place without much public reaction, although a trial affecting BBC's Radio Merseyside signal provoked a strong reaction from listeners and national newspaper headlines. BBC Radio Merseyside's medium wave signal has been left off the current closure list. AMSAT Phase 4 Ground Station at DEFCON Amateur Radio and AMSAT were prominently featured this year at DEFCON Hacking Conference. In addition to the license exam session run by one of many local DEFCON groups, there were amateur radio demonstrations of software-defined radio, Phase 4 Ground and GNU Radio Flow Graphs at Wi-Fi Village one of the many subject-specific subcategories at DEFCON. The amateur radio satellite service was of great interest. At an estimated 30,000 attendees, outreach was highly successful. Participants were diverse, technical, curious and came ready with the questions. A very high fraction were already licensed or interested in getting their license. Amateur radio was also part of the Wi-Fi Village Capture the Flag competition. Word on the street is next year we expect to see a lot more ham content in this exciting signal intelligence competition. AMSAT Phase 4 Ground will next present at the GNU Radio Conference in September in San Diego, California. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Melbourne and metropolitan area and Victorian country areas, it can be heard on VK3RMM at 10.30am on Sunday mornings. I'm Peter, VK3BFG. Ham Radio Operational News, it's Contact Sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017. January 1, December 31, the Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. August 1920, IWLW, the third full weekend in August since 1998. August 26, the Lara Contest start time, 1600 hours. This is a 24-hour contest for YLs. August 26, Fist CW Contest, 10 hours to 11.59 UTC. The 2017 DATV QSO party is scheduled for Friday the 26th of August and Saturday 27th of August. IAA High Speed Telegraphy World Championships are the 8th to the 12th of September. October CQ WWDX SSB Contest always October's last full weekend. November CQ WWDX CW Contest always November's last full weekend. 
The SSB weekend is October 29.30. The CW weekend is November 26.27. DX News. Two South African operators will begin the Sony Pass area of Lesotho from the 18th to 21st of August. They will use the call signs 7P8VRR and 7P8QM. Look for them on 40, 20 and 15 metres. Bird CX3AN will visit Samoa from the 19th to the 26th of August. His call sign will be 5WOHJ and he plans to be on 40 and 30 metres CW and 20 and 17 metres SSB. QSL's go virus home call CX3AN. Masato, JA0 of RQV, is returning to Tonga and he will be QRV as A35JP-P. From near to Davao Island from the 17th to the 22nd of August, he plans to be on all bands A metres to 6 metres CW and SSB. The other reference for this island is OC191. Key result of the home call, JA0RQV. VI4 Alara 2 September 30 to gain recognition for the Alara meet in Cairns, VK4. Until the end of September, VK4 Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club is operating special event call sign VI4SC50 to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the official naming of the Sunshine Coast on the 1st of August 1967. Indian Ocean 6 metre EME expeditions. Lance W7GJ will be active from the Indian Ocean to focus on 6 metres EME QSOs. West Island stroke Coke on as VK9CGJ between September 12th and 28th. Christmas on as VK9XGJ between October the 2nd and the 18th. Franz Joseph Land. Members of the Russian Robinson Club RRC are planning their next Arctic operation. Look for RI1F to be active from Victoria Island, EU190, sometime late September. 26th or 27th was mentioned. The silent group has now been activated. Activity will be on various HF bands. They plan to have up to 12 operators. QSL via the Bureau. Hong Kong celebrates with VR20 prefix. Commemorating the 20th anniversary of Hong Kong's reunification with China, Hong Kong licensed radio amateurs are being allowed to use the special prefix VR20 on a voluntary basis from the 1st of July 2017 to the 30th of June 2018. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au A quick look at wireless weather then on the other side, special interest group news. NASA announces television coverage for tomorrow, August 21, solar eclipse. On Monday, August 21, all of North America will be treated to an eclipse of the sun and NASA television will carry it live coast to coast from unique vantage points on the ground from aircraft and spacecraft including the International Space Station. Coverage will be featured during the live four-hour broadcast Eclipse Across America through the eyes of NASA. The Toshiba Vision Screen in New York's Times Square will broadcast the program live in its entirety to give the public a big-screen view of the eclipse. Viewers in Times Square can also listen to NASA coverage while observing it on the big screen just by downloading the NASA app. Across Australia and around the world from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. 
On Echolink, it can be now heard every Sunday morning at 2200 hours UTC on the WWARG and USA G&G conference servers and then again at 0 hours UTC on the Aussie conference server. All are welcome to connect up and check in. I'm John, VK3HJQ. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital, the 2017 D-Star QSO Party. Yes, the dates for the 2017 D-Star QSO Party have been announced. The QSO Party will run from the 22nd to the 24th of September. Visit the website icom.co.jp. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Astronaut has his own stage show. After being charged of the International Space Station and many other previous exploits, the Canadian-born astronaut Chris Hadfield, callsign VA300G and KC5RNJ, now has his own entertainment show. Who can forget the space antics performed to the tune of David Bowie's Space Oddity song? First they became a big hit through YouTube, then his book An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, and now a touring stage show. Chris spent decades training as an astronaut and logged nearly 4,000 hours in space, orbiting Earth 2,600 times. During his multifaceted career, he's intercepted Soviet bombers in Canadian airspace, lived on the ocean floor, been NASA's Director of Operations in Russia, broken into a space station with a Swiss Army knife, disposed of a live snake while piloting a plane and has been temporarily blinded while clinging to an exterior of an orbiting spacecraft. The Chris Hadfield Live, a stage show in Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne this week. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW, Aussie Lighthouses Galore on Air. There are more than 50 Australian registrations in the 20th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, that is this Saturday and Sunday. These range from Dirk Hartog Island in the west to Para Reef, South Australia, Lady Elliot Island on the Great Barrier Reef, Gabo Island off eastern Victoria to Table Cape in Tasmania South. The 400th registration is the Golowitz Lighthouse DL1SWB in Germany that defines the proper approach to Powell Island and Wismar for ships arriving from the Baltic. The building was in poor repair when east and west Germany reunified but has now been renovated. Among the latest registrations are those from India, Sri Lanka, Taiwan, Malaysia and an old favourite since it all began, Fire Island in New York. The Great South Bay Amateur Radio Club, W2GSB, has activated the Fire Island Lighthouse since the beginning of the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend in 1997. On August 19th and 20th, the suburban New York club is getting a friendly neighbor operating less than a 1,000 feet away from their setup at the lighthouse. The Fire Island Lighthouse Radio Annex Memorial Club, W2NMY, will be on the air in the nearby annex building used as the park ranger's official residence. While W2GSB will operate on single sideband, W2NMY will be sending CW. The Lighthouse Club was created about two months ago by Howard, WBUZE, so that its annex activation could call attention to the role the building played in naval communications right up through 1973. 
Walter, K-A-2-C-A-Q, who also works as a volunteer at the Lighthouse, said both clubs will be operating until 6 p.m. local time on both days. The two clubs won't just be sharing space at the beach. They also share some of the same members and a purpose to keep lighthouses out there in the spotlight. That was editor of our sister outlet, Amateur Radio Newsline, Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT. Have a listen and give them a call. Many can tell you the history of their location and also have a special QSL card. Worldwide special interest groups, Parachute Mobile. Parachute Mobile is a unique combination of skydiving and ham radio. The group conduct about four missions a year when skydivers make as many contacts as they can throughout central California. Next mission is on August 26, 2017. And for this mission they have added HF 20 meter jump and are curious to see how well they do starting from 12,000 feet above Tracy, California. You can watch them live as they stream all the action from the ground and from the air APRS tracking as well. Worldwide special interest groups QRP and weak signal communication. Dedication to QRP, a daily ritual. When you think about achievements, you cannot wonder at the feet of John Shannon, K3WWP, who uses QRP Morse code and a simple wire antennas. He has a contact every day since August 1994, making 67,000 contacts to 91 DX entities. This is despite the solar cycles, bad weather equipment mishaps and personal circumstances. John K3WWP has written about the feat on his website and in FIST's North America keynote newsletter articles. The URLs are to be found in their broadcast text edition. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, there we be, the end of WIA and the National News Service for another week. On the social scene, August 27 in VK2, Sarkfest's Show, Tell and Sell Day. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.